Hello and welcome to another podcast from BetfairTradingCommunity.com with me, your host, Martin. Um, I'm actually talking about a topic today that I don't think I've ever talked about before. Um, I might have written about it in a blog post a little bit, but I've never really gone over this topic as such, just in its purest form. And the topic today is going to be talking about the benefits of trading in terms of being able to wait for better odds. Okay, now, straight off the bat, I'm going to say this is not something I am particularly great at. Okay, Um, while I won't take bad odds, you know, probably 90% of the time I I don't take bad odds, um, not thinking they're great value. I'd like to get that close to 100%, but hey, we're all human, right? Um, And there's sometimes where I just get it wrong where I think something might be value. And when I reflect back on it, not because of the result, but more because of the fact that actually my logic was flawed. It was a bad trade. Um, Now, if you watched my YouTube video um, from a few days ago where I talked about a big losing trade, uh, you will see some of this in action. So if you haven't watched that video, please go back and watch that video. Um, You can do that after you listen to this or whatever, but do watch that video. It's really good. It's it's me talking through a losing trade. I actually showed the example of it all as well. Um, I talked through every single trade I made and basically how many mistakes I made, which was ridiculously a high number um, but really the solution of it the answer to it would have been to wait for better odds um, and to get in at that point and the thing is if you said to me Martin what are the two benefits of trading over betting I would say number one you you basically determine when you cash out right as soon as you cash out you're effectively trading, right? Even if you're doing it on Bet365 as a bet and then you just cash out later on, you've essentially made a trade. Now, I know some people like to get a little bit hit up on oh, what's betting, what's trading. Wait, if you're on a bookie, surely it's just betting. And if you're on Betfair Exchange, then it's trading. And everything else is just like, you know, it's all black and white. It doesn't really work that way necessarily. Um, but in general, obviously, betting is more just a case of placing a bet, letting it run and just seeing what happens. Whereas trading, we're analyzing our position and getting in and out um, when we can and, and when seems right to do so. Um, now, one of the things that I think is really good, obviously, like I've just said, is that you can cash out. You can get out of your position at any time when you're trading. The second big benefit of trading over betting for me is that you can wait for better prices to do things. You know, the fact that you can lay things, which is the majority of what I do is laying. So the fact you can lay something, which before Betfair just wasn't really a possibility, um, then actually that's huge. But also being able to wait for the right lay odds. You know, not having to take bad odds that are just presented in front of you straight away, knowing you can kind of watch the market see what happens, assess your position, and hopefully get the odds you want to get. And I think that I'm not alone. Well, I know I'm not alone in the fact that people struggle with the concept of waiting for better odds, right? A lot of successful traders, they make their money because they have an opinion on something and they don't just go, I mean, you know, let's let's say Man United are playing Norwich and Man United are trading at 1.33 and it's nil-nil. A good trader in that spot is not going to back Man United, even if they think they're going to win. A good trader is going to wait. Maybe Man United become bigger odds. 
Maybe they start to dominate the game, but time goes by, it gets to half-time, Man United are above 1.5. Maybe that's the time they want to strike. Maybe, just maybe, Norwich actually scored a first goal against a run of play. Suddenly you can get Man United above evens. And you want to do that because you still think that they're going to win the match. And one, one goal in the next few minutes, or maybe even if it's early in the game, the next half hour or so, and you're going to be in profit. Yeah, so... That is a big benefit of trading, is that you don't have to take battle. I think part of the reason betting has such a bad name, and it shouldn't, by the way, because you can bet. If you do it responsibly and you do it well enough to the point where you're taking value when you do it, you will make money. But the problem is people don't think of betting as value. They just think of betting as it's something they do, and they'll take basically what price is on offer. Um, and kind of on the flip side of that, kind of the other bad thing I think people who bet do is they'll take a really high price just because it's a high price not really thinking about whether that thing has an actual chance of winning um, you know we know how rare it is for those high prices to really come in so it's quite interesting isn't it that um, a lot of the time you can get better odds in play and in running and, and actually those are the situations where if you don't like the odds you've been presented with, you might still get value on that selection, but you might just have to wait for it. Something might have to click. Something might have to happen. And actually, a lot of traders have success that way. And one of the examples I talked about in the video um, last week was the fact that one of our traders on our community actually did that. He actually waited for a better price to lay. The price got there. He took that. He was able to green up later on. I could never green up because the price I'd taken, even when the price went back my way after coming in a lot, it didn't go back my way enough that I could even green up at that point. So again, that's the problem when you're taking the wrong price. When you're taking a bad price, you're making it very difficult for yourself to get out of that trade, even when things go your way at some point. Because if it's a bad price, what will often happen is that price will go against you for a while and even if it starts to come back your way you might not be able to turn it around um, and cricket's a good example of that where if you get a situation where you lay something at let's say 4.5 and then the team batting who you've laid starts doing well goes 100 for none and they come into odds on where does that leave you because even if there's a couple of wickets and, and in this case there was three wickets the odds didn't go back up to 4.5 so, and it's crazy really when you think about it, but that's the reality of taking odds high and not just waiting for the better price when you know that so often these prices become available. So, what is it that stops people doing it? You know, and I, again, like I said, I'm not particularly great at this. This is something that I continually work on myself. What is it that stops people just waiting for the better price? Well, there's a fear of missing out on a trade, right? There's a fear of going, I know, I, I think I know this selection is the right one. The price is marginal, but I want to get the price because I just think it's going to happen. The problem is that logic's not good enough, right? Just thinking something's going to happen and knowing something's at best a marginal value price, that's not good enough. You need to think that something is definitely a value price before you're getting involved in it. 
whether it wins or not is actually irrelevant. It's whether it would win more often than the odds are suggesting it would. You know, if I was backing a 20 to 1 shot and it didn't win, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad trade if it was the sort of trade that would win once in every 10 times. Because I know the odds then should be 9 to 1 and I'm getting 20 to 1, which is huge value. And they're the kinds of edges that you're pushing time and time again. That's how you can make money out of this industry. Yeah, because you get so many people. Part of the problem with the betting industry in general is that there's so many mug punters out there that they kind of cloud the water, you know, they kind of cloud the waters and everything around us. And essentially, you know, people who do Betfair trading like us, people don't understand what we are or what we do. You know, if you speak to the average person on the street, they don't really understand what you do or who you are, what, what you are. They don't really understand that you, the way you bet is so different from the guy who goes into Betfred on a Saturday and puts a tenner on a horse because they like the colour of it, right? What we do is based in logic, mathematics, science, reason, right? Statistics. They're the things we're using and that's what helps to give us an edge in the long run. But we all make mistakes, right? We're all human. And I think one of the mistakes we often make is not just waiting for the right odds and taking basically any odds that are going. Um, I almost got caught out a little bit this year, uh, but it wasn't too bad in the end. And it's one of those where, in hindsight, it probably wasn't the best trade, even though it made money. And it wasn't actually a trade. It was just an out of bet that I made. I, didn't, I never tried to cash out of this. And that was when I backed Ukraine to win Eurovision. So I have a guy who messages me sometimes. He's uh, He likes to put big money on uh, certain things. He's not really a trader. He's uh, he's I think he works in sort of... Uh, he's, he's got a company that's in fast food now. But he used to be a trader at Bet, uh, Betfred, right? And he's a good mate of mine. And he'll, he'll just message me about certain things. I don't particularly ask him to, um, but he does. And one of them was the Ukraine to win Eurovision. Now... It was about 1.6, I think, at this point. But all signs were pointing towards Ukraine. So I had a bit on it. I didn't have a huge amount because of the fact that, you know, Eurovision is not my speciality sport. But I did understand that it's probably going to go to them. Like, you're going to look a dick if you don't vote for Ukraine, right? But the thing is, in a way, I'd missed the boat because Ukraine's odds had been quite high earlier in the year. And in fact... If I'd had any sense about me, I would have backed them as soon as the conflict started because there was instant mass sympathy and really waiting until pretty much the weekend of the contest. You know, it's it's a bit like there's a big fancy horse and it starts at 20 to 1 and it comes into evens. Well, if you get evens, you're not feeling that great about it. The guy who's sitting there at 20 to 1 is laughing his head off. He's probably already taken his profit, Right. That's the difference of, of getting the right price, of, of getting in at the right time, making sure that you're getting value. Now, what's the Ukraine trade value? 1.6, it's marginal. It's marginal. I think it's slight value. I, I will say that. I, if, it was any, if it was sub 1.5, I wouldn't have touched it. But at that price, given what had happened, I thought that was slight value. And, and what, what does tend to happen in something like Eurovision is people tend to know what's going to happen. Like... You tend to get one act or one or two acts and they go, right, they're really strong this year. Um, which is why I was put off laying England, because, Britain, because I thought it's, it's really weird that we're second favourites. And actually, 
we don't do well at Eurovision. But, like I say, what tends to happen is that some of these songs get shared beforehand, public opinion gets found out, and a lot of the time the favourites in, in these markets, I find, often go on to win it. Um, so I didn't want to lay Britain to finish in the top two or three, which some people were really keen to do. Um, and, you know, luckily I saved my money there. And I made money on the Ukraine one. Ukraine did win Eurovision. You know, let's not lose sight of the of the goal. Um, however, it was close. It was very close. And at one stage, it really did not look good. So, and I say it wasn't too bad for me, but my friend who had a few bags on it, um, yeah, I was a bit worried for him more than anything else. Um, but I think he actually... He followed me on the Nadal. I don't know if you remember me talking about Nadal at the French Open. He was six to one. I think no, sorry. I think he was six point zero, so about five to one, and uh, insane price, really, all things considered, and uh, especially given he'd won the, the Australian Open anyway. I mean, I could talk for days about why that was just such a ridiculous price. Um, and then I think my friend made about fifteen grand on Nadal that week, because. He just put a few bags on and it was, you know, it was so clear that that was a value price. Now, I'm not suggesting anyone else does this, by the way. Um, but he got in at the right price. Okay, he got in at the right price. He took the right price. Now, a few weeks before the French Open, Nadal was much shorter odds. Okay, Nadal, there wasn't these injury worries. There wasn't the Alcaraz factor so much. If he'd have got on then, he wouldn't have got on at a particularly great value price. I mean, I guess it's arguable any price you get on Nadal to win the French Open that's above evens is huge value given how many times he's won it and how many times he's competed in it. But still, the fact is, often when you're patient and you wait for the right price, that's where the profit can be. And, and if you do miss an opportunity, um, you know, don't just jump on it. Because of the fact that, oh, well, I just feel like I missed an opportunity here. You know, say, let's go to the cricket example. I, I, I was lucky in a sense that I never really went at the high lay odds. You know, I never really tried to lay anything at like 10.0 plus. It's not really my style. I like to lay at shorter odds where possible. But let's say, you know, I get a situation, England suddenly lose a couple of wickets and they drew drift out past 10.0, and I'm like, oh, I've just missed the boat. I was waiting for the odds to come in. I never get got in on the lay, and instead of hitting evens, they've actually doubled in price. That is exactly the wrong time to try and lay, because a lot of people will try and lay in that situation because they're wound up that they missed an opportunity. And I'm speaking truth here, right? I'm sure there's a lot of you guys out there thinking right now, Wow, I've never really heard this expressed this way, but yes, you're speaking absolute truth. Because people get wound up when they miss opportunities and they just go, right, well, I'll take any odds because it's not, it doesn't look like they're going to win now. The problem is, when the market expects something to happen and you're making the same trade, you need something seismic to happen to actually be able to make much money out of it. You know, if the market already knows what's going to happen, the odds you're getting are very, very unlikely to be value if you're going with what the market's saying, yeah? And in that instance, the market's saying England aren't going to win this. So you're laying, agreeing with the market. Well, that's fine. But what about all those occasions 
where they then have a good partnership. The odds come in below six. Oh, they start creeping towards 3.0. You start looking at your win-loss balance and you're looking at quite a heavy loss, even if you cash out now, but not anywhere near as heavy as if it does, if England actually did go on to come back and win it because of the liability you've had to outlay to lay at odds above 10. That's what people don't think about enough. And what happens is you then get trapped in a situation where if England come in, let's say England come into 3.0 and you hold your position. If England lose a wicket, their price won't go back out to 10. It'll probably go back out to 6, something like that. right? So you're now in a situation where even if a wicket falls, you can't get your money back. right? These are not good situations to be in. And often the reason you're finding yourself in that position is because you're agreeing with the market, but the market's not giving you the value in that opportunity anyway. You know, we can all sit there and say, Man City are going to be, you know, Nottingham Forest at home this season. We can all sit there and think that, right? But if I offered you a price on Man City of 1.01, I hope, I hope there's no way in hell you would ever take those odds because those odds are not value. You'll never see a match in the Premier League where the home team is 1.01 to win, and there's a reason for that, Yeah. But if you believe something's going to win, I think some people just get tempted and then they go, well, the problem is I think it's going to win and that's the only price being offered, so I guess I should take that price. You know, it's a bit like, let's take this out of trading. If anyone is struggling with this a little bit, let's take this out of trading. Let's imagine you're going clothes shopping. You've got your eye on something, right? And you know that it generally sells for, let's say, £20, right? You've got your eye on this T-shirt. Stranger Things t-shirt. I love Stranger Things. That's why I'm saying this. Stranger Things t-shirt. It's £20, right, in general. But it's not on eBay at the moment or it's not, you know, it's not in stock at Zabby or anything. So you're struggling and you're like, well, I do want it. Are you going to take any price offered? What if you go to your local HMV store and you see the t-shirt? Great. I see it. I'm in person. I can see it. It's £100. Wow. Wow, so it's it's like five times the price and you know that something's probably going to pop up again on eBay. Again, like we're betting. You're getting a bad price, but you know a decent price thing is going to pop up at some point soon. It might not be this market, but it'll be one market. You'd be You'd be mad to take the £100 offer in that situation, right? You'd be mad to buy it for £100 when you're essentially buying something that's worth £20 for £100. Okay? Do you know the worst part about this? People do it. People do it. As soon as something is, you know, suddenly not on eBay for a minute, someone will try and sell it for five times the price and someone will buy it. You know, and so this is the thing. It's not just a trap of trading. It's a trap of life and it's not a trap you want to find yourself in. Think about it this way as an investment. If you buy that t-shirt for £100, right, your value of it will never, ever go up. Or as soon as you take it out of that store, it's probably lost at least 80% of its value, right? This is real, isn't it? This is realistic, okay? And you'll never see that value again. This is like trading. As soon as you take those high, bad odds, it's very unlikely 
you're going to see anything good come from it. You might make a little bit of profit, even if it wins, how much profit you're actually going to make when you're laying at those kinds of odds. So please, guys, the, the message of this is just sometimes just wait for the right price. Don't take a price that you think's marginal or not value. The, reason, the fact you think that is the red flag you need. Okay, guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. I'll be back with another one soon.